John chapter 21. We'll read down uh, verse 1 through 8. It says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again at, to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the other side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. Now I read this text of Scripture uh, earlier this week during my devotions, and uh, I really like how this story conveys to us the truth that God can change a bad situation into a good situation in a mere matter of seconds. I mean, in the snap of the fingers, uh, everything can completely change because of God. Amen? Amen? And here in this text, the disciples, listen folks, they... They had been out, they had toiled long and hard at something that they were very skilled in doing, fishing. And despite all their training, and despite all their experience, they toiled all night, and yet their boats were still empty. And it seemed to be to no avail. But when Jesus got involved, everything changed very quickly, didn't it? Now listen, folks, we want God to turn the tide in our country, don't we? We want revival to break out, amen. We want to see God grant a great awakening once again in this country and move like we've not seen him move in, in many, many years. We want to see a great multitude saved and added to the church, just like the New Testament saw at Pentecost. And it seems that we have toiled long and hard and we just keep on toiling, but it seems to be to no avail. But may I remind you, Christian, that there is still a God in heaven Amen. that can change all that very, very quickly. Amen. In the snap of the fingers, in the blink of an eye, everything could change if God chose to intervene. May God help us to be looking for his help. And may God help us to be listening for his voice. And may God grant, according to his mighty power and his magnificent glory, that he would fill our empty boat. Amen. May he grant that revival. May he grant that awakening in our community, in our country. May he grant us that great harvest of souls. And listen, folks, I don't think... Don't think any longer, you know, we've talked about for some time praying for just one more soul, just one more soul, right? I'm praying for a whole boatload, amen? Yeah, amen. 
I'm not praying for just one more anymore. Praise God. Hey, if he can fill their boat with fishes, amen. He can fill ours as well. I'm praying for a whole boatload, amen. May God grant And I think we can be sure that the God that did it in John and Peter's boat, listen, folks, he can do it in our boat as well, amen and amen. For he is the same God, and he changes not. And their Lord is my Lord as well. So let us see here tonight in this account how everything changed when God got involved. Amen. And let us see how God took their empty boat and filled it to overflowing. And boy, may God do it here as well. I see here, first of all, in our text tonight, I see that the Lord, I see the Lord's inadequate people. That's us, folks. Verse 3 tells us, That night they caught nothing. Nothing. All night long they toiled, they caught nothing. You see, they tried and they tried and they tried and they tried, and they caught nothing. They still had an empty boat. Truly, this illustrates for us that, you know what, the reality is we can give of our very best effort we can even be very skilled and capable in what we're doing. And yet if God doesn't step down, if God does not get involved, all of our efforts will be inadequate and they will be to no avail. You see, listen, they had strength, did they not? They had boats. They had nets. They had skill and knowledge about how to fish. But without the Lord's involvement... Their boats remained empty. That's the truth. And truly, folks, unless the Holy One comes down, it is all in vain. As Zechariah wrote in Zechariah 4, 6, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. If our boat will be filled, the Lord is going to have to do it. So you might as well just confess like the disciples. Lord, we've tried. God, we've tried and we've tried and we've tried and we've toiled and still our boat is empty. God, we are inadequate. <laughs> In our own selves, we are inadequate. We can do nothing. We must have your filling, God. If we are to have revival, if we are to see an awakening, if we are experiencing a great harvest of souls, God is going to have to step down. God is going to have to move in our midst because we cannot make it happen. We can't. I can't make it happen. I can get up here and preach my heart out service after service. I can't make it happen. God is going to have to do it. And I'll tell you folks, it's not going to happen if God's people aren't seeking his face. May we be seeking his face, looking for him to grant it. We need God's help. I notice here, first of all, the Lord's inadequate people. That's us. We're inadequate. We need help if God is going to do something. I notice number, number two, I see the Lord's invisible presence. If you look at verse number four, I want you to notice here that it tells us that Jesus was already there. But the disciples knew it not. That's the words it uses. Knew it not. 
You see, they did not recognize that Jesus was already there on the shore. He was already there. He was observing all that they were trying to do, all their labors, all their toils. He was watching. <laughs> you know how often I think the Lord is so very close and he is observing what we are doing and yet we don't recognize we don't recognize just how close the mighty power of God is to our situation. You know what, folks? Really, it was only after they recognized their emptiness and after they recognized their inability and their inadequacy that the Lord ended up stepping in and doing something amazing. I think the Lord sometimes allows us to get to the place where it seems that nothing else can be done. And he allows us to get to that place, I believe, so that when he steps in and he fills that boat, we know and we know without a doubt who did it. And it wasn't us. It reminds me of the story in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14 to 18. At that time, the city was surrounded by the enemy soldiers. And the servant of Elisha comes to Elisha. He cries out and he says, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're trapped here. And only then as he confesses, what are we going to do? We can't do anything, basically, is what he's saying. As he's confessing this, only then did the Lord open his eyes so he could see that the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire. <laughs> So listen, folks, let us not be dismayed. We may not see, we may not recognize that the Lord is near, but listen, he is very aware of our situation and he will open our eyes when the time is right. Amen. And he will do his great work when the time is right. You don't need to worry about it. You just... Keep doing what God's told you to do. Be faithful and look and listen for what he wants you to do. And listen, he's going to do what he wants to do when he's ready. Just keep your eyes on Jesus and keep praying and keep seeking and keep looking for God to grant that time when finally he says, praise God, now's the time, amen. Your boat's been empty long enough. I'm going to step down and I'm going to fill it, amen. You know what, what a pity, pitiful attempt it is by us when we try to fill the boat in our own power. I'll tell you what, it really is a pitiful thing, isn't it? But when God steps down and when God fills the boat, everybody knows that God did it. And listen, folks, that's what we want. That's what we want to see. Amen. We need that in our country. We need that in our churches. We need that in our individual Christian lives as well. So I notice here, I see, first of all, the Lord's inadequate people. And I see the Lord's invisible presence. Number three, I see the Lord's inquiry. His question that he gives to the disciples here. In verse number five, as he sees them, they still don't yet recognize that it is the Lord. And he asks them, children, have ye any meat? In other words, how you doing, disciples? How you doing on your own? How you doing in your own self-effort? How you doing? You caught anything yet? They answer him, no. He hadn't caught anything. Our boat's still empty. 
You see, up until this time, in their own power and their own ability, according to their own knowledge, they'd fished all night long. This is professional fishermen, okay? They knew what they were doing, but they fished all night long, and they could not do anything that was to no avail. And I almost think that this is the Lord's way of helping them to see just how vain all their self-effort is without his help. Because you know what? He, you notice he chose something that they knew they were very skilled at. <laughs> and through that time, they couldn't do anything. And it wasn't until God stepped down that they were able to accomplish anything that boat was able to get filled. You know, I think, folks, oftentimes the Lord wants us to see and to recognize ourselves just how empty and wanting we are without his help. I mean, he wants us to get to the place where we say, oh, God, boy, I need some help, God. God, I'm empty. God, I'm wanting. God, listen, I need your power. I need your presence. I need you to do something in, in this place, in this midst, because, God, if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. I can't do it, God. Truly, our boats are empty. We have no revival. We have no awakening. We have no great harvest of souls. We have nothing. And we are empty. And unless God intervenes, it is going to remain that way, Christian. Because you can't make it happen and I can't make it happen. God's going to have to do it. It reminds me of what the Lord Jesus Christ said as he was talking about the parable of the vine and the branches. And he tell, told the disciples in John 15, 5, he was talking about the need of us to abide in him that we might bear much fruit. But then he adds in John 15, 5, he says, without me, ye can do what? Nothing. How many times we think we can do something for God? We can't. We cannot do anything for God without God. We need the power of God. We need the help of God. If we're going to see a revival, if we're going to see an awakening, if we're going to see lost souls get saved, our lost family members, and a great boatload of people come to Christ, if we're going to see it happen, God is going to have to do it. Amen. We need help from above because we will remain empty if we don't get it. And so listen, folks, as we plead, as we call on God in prayer, we've got to confess this. Lord, I've got nothing in my boat. There's nothing here, and there won't be unless you decide to step down and help us. We need your help, God. Now I want you to notice number four here. I see the Lord's instruction. In verse number six, let's go ahead and read this. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. Now, Jesus tells them very simply to just cast their net on the other side of the ship, and they'll find. Now, I don't know about you, but Brother Bill, if I'd been fishing all night long, I mean, they'd probably been all over that sea out there fishing all night long, and here there is this guy on the shore. They don't even know it's Jesus yet. They just think it's some guy. And he says, hey, just cast your net on the other side and you'll catch some fish. You know what I'd say, Brother Bill? I'd say, yeah, right. 
I've been out here all night long. I've been, I've been fishing all over these waters. I've cast my nets all over the place. And you think, casting my net just on the other side, I'm going to catch some fish. <laughs> but the Lord's instruction was very simple. Just cast your net on the other side of the ship, and you will, you will find. Wow, this is, this is amazingly simple. And yet as they listen to and heed the Lord's instruction, we find that their situation changes in a great and miraculous way. Now think about this, Christian. What about you? Are you listening to and heeding his instruction? Good. Or are you just ignoring it and continuing on your own way, kind of hoping that God will grant us revival, hoping that God will grant us an awakening and the souls will be saved. It doesn't work that way. You can't disconnect listening to and heeding his instruction and receiving the blessings of that instruction. Look at me for a second. That are some of our key revival texts that we look at. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 14. If my people which are called by my name, shall listen what we need to do here, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, what does that mean, then? If we do all that that precedes, if we heed what he told us to do, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Do we not need God to heal our land? Do we not need God to turn the tide? Do we not need God to send an awakening to this country and our community? Well, what does he tell us we need to do here? We need to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. And then, as we heed that instruction, he promises that this is what he's going to do. Look also with me at Hosea chapter number 10. And verse number 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. You want to see God rain righteousness upon you? Well, what do you need to do? He says, break up your fallow ground. Quit being an apathetic, dead, prayerless, lukewarm Christian and get hot for God again. Amen. Break up the fallow ground and start seeking the Lord and do so until he rains out righteousness upon you. How can we claim the promise when we're unwilling to listen to the Lord's voice, the Lord's words? What about a Christian? Have you genuinely listened to and heeded these instructions from God? Because if we do, we can be assured that his word and his promises will not return void or empty. Praise God. If the instruction is heeded, then we can be sure that the promise will shortly come to pass. Amen and amen. Because my God, listen, he keeps his word. He keeps his promises. If he said it's going to happen, you know what? It's going to happen. So you listen to his voice, you heed his words, and then you distrust. He's going to bring it to pass when he's ready, Christian. You don't need to worry about it. 
You just need to trust that it's going to happen as you listen to and heed the instructions he's given you. Okay, so we see here the Lord's instruction. Notice number five. I've got seven things tonight. We'll get through all of them. Number five, I want you to notice now the Lord's intervention. Well, I like that. I'm ready for the Lord's intervention, aren't you? Notice now in verse number six. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And then he says, they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of the fishes. <laughs> wow, that's amazing, is it not? You see, sure enough, as they listened to and they heeded the words of God, the Bible says that they cast their nets and they were not able to draw it for the multitude of the fishes. <laughs> and that's interesting. Think about this for just a moment, okay? Before, in their own strength, they were not able to draw in one single fish, right? But now what does it tell us? <laughs> now as they heed the Lord's word and he gets involved, it tells us that they caught so many fishes that now they're not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fishes. Okay, I'm just not able. God, I need, every, I, need, I need help all along the way, right? You see, truly the Lord's intervention, you know what? It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. And I pray that the Lord in heaven would see fit to grant our empty boats such a filling of revival. To grant our empty boats such a, a filling of, of souls saved, amen, and an awakening in our community. And such a feeling that, you know what, we don't even know how to handle it. <laughs> such a feeling that we just don't even know what to do with it because it's so overwhelmingly wonderful what God is doing in our midst. Oh, may God grant us to see such intervention from Almighty God. Yes, well, I believe you read about that Hebrides revival. I believe that's what they were seeing. I mean, it, it talks about people falling out on the side of the road. God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Nobody even talked to them. A dance full of people. People just started falling out, crying out for God to have mercy. In the middle of the night, lights were on. People were praying. They were running to the church house. They just had to know about God. I'll tell you what, I'm sure the preacher at that time, I don't think he got a whole lot of sleep. <laughs> I'm sure he had no idea what to do with all those people. He was probably so thrilled to see what God was doing and at the same time so overwhelmed about how to handle this great work that God was doing in his midst. You know what, Christian, I want to see it. I want to see God do it again. He did it then, he can do it now. He did it for John, and he did it for Peter. Listen, they went from an empty boat to an overflowing boat because God stepped down and God did something, amen. And I want to see it here, amen. I want to see it in our church. I want to see it in my life. And I want to see it in our community and our country, too. I want to see the Lord's intervention in such an overwhelmingly wonderful way. As they saw on that day, as the people in the Hebrides saw on that day, 
As a, as a new, new Testament church saw on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 souls were saved by the power of God and added to the church. May God do it again. I want you to notice here as we look at this tonight, seeing how God works. We see, first of all, there was an idiot, the Lord's inadequate people. We then see the Lord's invisible presence. The Lord's, then the Lord's inquiry. Then the Lord's instruction. Then we saw the Lord's intervention. And number six, I want you to notice the Lord's incredible impact. I want us to read in verse six. And then also verse eight and verse 11. Notice that it says in the end of verse six, they cast therefore, uh, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of the fishes. Then verse number eight, it says, and the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were, 200 cubits dragging the net with fishes. Boy, that sounds wonderful. And then verse number 11, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes and 150 and three. And for all, there were so many, yet, the, yet was not the net broken. Think about this. The multitude of fishes was so great. Verse 8 tells us that they were dragging the net with fishes. That's how great it was. Verse 11 tells us that they drew the net to land full of great fishes. Listen, folks, truly what a difference was made when God stepped down, when the Lord intervened in their situation. They, listen, they went from empty. Is so full they couldn't even get it in the boat. <laughs> to overflowing and abounding with a great multitude. And truly when the Lord got involved, we see an incredible impact. And we see a, think about this as well, folks. We see a complete reversal of their empty and pathetic condition, do we not? <laughs> is that not what we need today? We need God to give us a complete reversal of our empty, pathetic condition. Boy, that's what we need. And you know what, folks? Truly, without him, we can do nothing. But with him, the Bible tells us nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. America could see revival again. America could experience an awakening again. This church could see a great harvest of souls again. Amen. We could see revival in our lives personally. We could see revival in our families personally. God can do it again. Amen. It's not beyond his power. Nothing shall be impossible. And you know what the truth is? That when he gets involved, we can be sure that he knows how to fill our empty boats to overflowing. And when he intervenes, the impact is going to be amazing. It is going to be wonderful. I mean, it's going to be something we're going to just say, Linda, we're going to just be like, glory, praise God, amen. God stepped down. Hey, listen, when God does it, nobody's going to wonder who did it. <laughs> we're going to know who did it. And it's going to be amazing. I want you to notice last night as we finish up. I want you to notice here 
after the Lord's incredible impact, I want you to notice the Lord's identification. Verse number 7 of our chapter, chapter 21. Let's go ahead and read that verse. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. I like that, don't you? It is the Lord. You know, it took him a little while, didn't it? But finally, here in this verse, the disciples start to recognize and to see that the Lord was working. That God was doing something in their midst. And John cries out to Peter, Peter, it's the Lord! Peter, it's the Lord! Can't you see God starting to move, Peter? It's the Lord! Truly, what a blessing it is when we as God's people start to recognize and start to see that the Lord is working. He's starting to move in the midst of his people. He's starting to move in the midst of his country. He's starting to do something wonderful. But he's intervened on our behalf in our situation. Oh, may the Lord see fit to see our empty boats. May he view our empty boats. May he see our needy condition. May he see fit to intervene in an amazing and mighty and miraculous way so that we might see and know that the Lord and the Lord alone has done it. And that he has shown himself strong on our behalf in a very visible, powerful way. Now listen, folks, as we consider this biblical account tonight, I hope that we will see and recognize that our God is still able to fill our empty boats. He is still able. And we may be void of revival, and we may be void of an awakening and of a great harvest of souls. We may be void of these things, but he sees our condition, and I believe as we confess to him just how empty we are and just how wanting we are and we listen to and heed his words, I believe we will be blessed to see him intervene in an amazing way. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I want. That is what I want. I look at our situation today in our country. I look at our situation today in our churches and really just amongst Christians as a whole, we're not going to say, Lord, we're empty. Lord, we're wanting. Lord, we need revival. Lord, we need an awakening. We need the tide to be turned. And we need you to, to revive your people again. Oh, God, wouldn't you do it, God? As I look at our situation, I'm going to say, I'm empty. I'm wanting. And God, we need you to intervene. Because I know if you do, God, everything will change like that. Just like that. Oh, may we seek God for it. And may he see fit to show himself strong on our behalf. As we stand to our feet tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. The altar is open. The Lord has spoken to your heart tonight. And you'd like to come forward and pray. Won't you come forward and pray? Maybe you want to just pray tonight, God, please grant us that revival. 
Lord, please send that awakening. Lord, please grant us that great harvest of souls. Lord, we admit that we're empty. We admit that we're wanting. We admit that we need you to do something, God. Would you come and pray about it tonight? Oh, Christians, would to God that he would step down and do something amazing and something wonderful in our midst. Would you come and pray? The altar's open. If the Lord's spoken here, you come and pray tonight.